Greetings, everybody, and welcome to the Up Level Your Career podcast uh, with Judson and Jerome. I'm Jerome, and I'm very happy to welcome you today. If you've listened to previous podcasts, you know that Judson and I actually record these uh, podcasts from our home. Um, uh, Today, I'm in uh, Palm Springs, California, and Judson happens to be in Vail, Colorado. So what that means is you might hear background noise. uh, You might hear just the sounds of our neighborhoods and the things around us. We're not in a sound booth or in a recording studio, but what we hope is that the content we offer you is valuable and uh, practical and that you have some some good advice to take with you uh, as you conduct your your career search or if you're um, in the in a, uh, already in a career and you're wanting to make some changes, um, just some advice for that. Today's topic is informational interviewing. And with that, I'll turn the program over to Judson, who will introduce himself and tell you a little bit more about what we're going to be discussing today. Thank you, Jerome. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. We're glad you're able to be with us here. As Jerome mentioned, our topic today is informational interviewing. And we're going to get into some of the details, not only the theories, but the application of how you bring an informational interview about some questions to to ask and so forth. But for today's discussion, let me just give you a quick outline. First of all, we're going to define what an informational interview is and what it isn't. And then we're going to get into some, some of the particulars about what is the purpose of this conversation and how does it different how does it differ from a job interview and people to target for this type of conversation. And then we're going to delve into things you should learn and information you should ask and seek as part of this process. Um, And we're going to give you some some etiquette suggestions as well and some other uh, platforms that you can now, because of the virus, the platforms that you have options to, to connect on. And then we're going to, uh, toward the end, we're going to give you some tips and suggestions, some miscellaneous, perhaps. Um, we will follow up uh, we'll, at the very end with some keeping in touch suggestions as well. So that's kind of our rough outline for the day. And I do want to get right into definition. Definitions are always good. And the informational interview, I've never been a big fan of that term. And the reason that I'm not is because it could turn people off or prevent you from even connecting with them if they think that there's that it's interview related, like you're going to be asking for a job. And that's what we don't want to do. So in terms of how you position this, this is something to think about. Do you call it an informational conversation, informational chat? I mean, information should probably be in this term, but the interview is what throws people off. So be mindful of that. And in terms of what this is, I guess for today we can call it informational interview. Um, Jerome, do you want to give a definition of what an informational is? Well, sure. Um, And, you know, as we're talking about what you would call it, um, uh, I agree with you that when you – you say it's an informational interview, people, you know, as I mentioned it to my clients, hey, part of your job search should be informational interviewing. Most of my clients don't really know what I'm talking about. So there's, there's a possibility that the people who you reach out to won't know what it is. <clears throat> and so um, we'll talk a little bit more about how you formulate the email to request it, but maybe you don't even use that term. But essentially what, a, what an informational interview is, is it's an opportunity for you to sit down with somebody to learn more about your career target. So if you're wanting to work in marketing, you speak with somebody who works in marketing, maybe at the level of employment that you're hoping to seek. Maybe it's somebody who would potentially be your supervisor, but it's really about gathering information about the specific job type, uh, the industry, um, even perhaps a company. So uh, the, the operative word is information. And uh, and that's what this is all about. It's all about you um, gathering information. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, and I would also add to that, one of the purposes of this, uh, there are many, but one would be a needs analysis. You know, if you're talking to somebody on a t- with 
who works within one of your target companies, you're trying to find out, well, what do they need, right? And this is just kind of a general approach to any conversation. You know, what are the needs out there? And it's see a need, fill a need, possibly. But if you understand what the needs and the challenges are for a given company or a hiring manager, that allows you to better position yourself to be a solution provider. So always be thinking, how can I identify what are those challenges that they're facing? And, you know, what this really comes down to are good questions. Good questions reveal good answers, of course, and, and insights. So we want to be mindful of that. We will talk a little bit more about that um, as well. But in addition to that, you know, this is certainly an opportunity to build your network always right you know so you have a good interview with somebody or a, a conversation i should say and you know toward the end maybe you just say hey let's connect on linkedin what a great way to do it um right. and hopefully that you can build your network that way <clears throat> now one thing i will mention too um you know in the traditional sense of the term informational interview it's usually job seekers that that go down this route but I would encourage you, if you're employed, just from a, a networking perspective, if you have an opportunity to reach out to somebody to learn about an industry or their job, uh, what they do, do that. Um, because when you're unemployed, sometimes that desperation odor seeks out. And you know that's not something that you want to have be known necessarily, right? <clears throat> so my, my encouragement to, to all of you, whether you're unemployed, underemployed, or just, you know, happily employed even, is to reach out to people if you get a chance and just have these conversations so you can learn more about a given industry or sector. And because you never know, you know, when, when your network will come into play. And the way I like to say it is build your network before you need it so it's there when you do. Right. Absolutely. And I think one of the, the um, sort of the key focuses of all of this is it's really about building relationships, as you're saying, you know, building your network. So uh, potentially if you're somebody who's um, employed and, and happily employed, uh, perhaps you conduct an informational interview with somebody um, who's advanced in their career and who could potentially be a mentor for you. Um, I think sometimes we uh, – forget about how valuable it can be to have somebody who is maybe more senior than you are, um, more experienced than you are, who can provide you with career advice and help you sort of to move forward in your career so you don't stagnate. And, and an informational interview is just really a great chance for that. Um, you know, it's a great opportunity to meet somebody who could potentially be your mentor. And maybe it's even with somebody that you work with and, and you might know um, uh, you know, somewhat well, but you've never really had to sit down to talk about, hey, I, I want to know your career story. You know, what can I learn from you? Um, and I think it's just a really great way to position yourself to to move forward um, in your career. And um, and and this might be a good time to, to, to sort of talk about the difference between an informational interview and actually a job interview. And the primary difference, of course, is that the informational interview is about gathering information. But since it's a, an, an informational interview, it's an interview that I have requested with somebody who's potentially a mentor or somebody who can give me advice in how to, to seek a per, particular career, um, maybe learn more about the company I'm interested in. So ultimately, you're responsible for leading the conversation, um, which means you need to come prepared, right? You need to come prepared with, with questions to ask and make sure those questions are things that are thoughtful and not things that you could just find out by conducting a Google search. Don't waste someone's time with, you know, with questions that are obviously answered elsewhere. Um, so it's a, an opportunity for you to uh, to learn about uh, the career, and just remember that the focus is really on the other person. It's not a chance for you to sit down and sell yourself. Um, there may be opportunities to do that, and of course, ultimately, you want to be able to sort of leverage the 
the interview in some way so that they get to know something about you and that when the opportunity arises, they'll think of you. But that's not the primary focus. So don't sit down and think you're going to sell yourself and, and spend a lot of time talking about who you are and giving a very lengthy pitch. Uh, yeah. You know, well, it, and I will yeah. also add to that. I mean, being prepared is critical, no doubt. <clears throat> but I would also say be prepared if they do ask about you. And this is getting back to what we talked oh, about absolutely. in one of our first yeah. episodes. You know, the elevator pitch. Who are you and, and what do you do and how do you bring value to a company and and where are you looking to go if you are looking to go somewhere? You know, you, again, you don't want to be asking for a job, but you do want to be prepared to answer the question should it arise. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if you're reaching out for this type of conversation, ultimately, whoever you're speaking with knows what your what your goal is, right? They're, they're going to know that. And so they'll be savvy enough to probably ask you about yourself. Um, so that's really great, um, great advice yeah, to have that ready. Um, any more to say about the difference, Judson, between the job interview and well, I, I guess if I had to, you know, give it a, a key differentiator is, and you've already said it, but really the the conversation is about about gathering information about them and about their situation, their career, whereas an interview is going to be more about you and your background and the skill sets that you have. So just 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 don't cross that line because, you know, there there's probably going to be certain responses that you might hear. Um, that will indicate you're on the wrong track with that. If someone says, well, we don't have any jobs available, you know, even if you didn't ask for it, you, they might be picking up on that. So just be aware of the signs and the signals that might be coming across uh, from the person that you're having the conversation with. Right. And one of the things that I kind of failed to mention as we were talking about the purpose of this conversation, and, and maybe it bears mentioning is if you're somebody who tends to be shy or introverted and you're nervous about going on job interviews, uh, this is a really great way of uh, sort of practicing engaging with people you do not know in a professional setting and sort of it's less threatening um, and so it can kind of help you become, become more comfortable in that scenario. And so mm -hmm. uh, that's another kind of added benefit for um, uh, you know, for for doing these sorts of informational interviews. So, Judson, if you were going to do an informational interview, you're interested in, in conducting an informational, who are the people you would target to, to have that conversation with? Well, I would start with a focus on a particular industry. If I had a interest in, in learning more about an industry or continuing in an industry, um, I would start with an industry, and then I would – narrow it down a little bit further to specific companies and then people within those companies. I mean, no matter what we're talking about, it's, it's, it's all about people. <clears throat> and so I would leverage LinkedIn and find people within the company and ideally to find the hiring manager. Now, their title might not say hiring manager, but you can figure out from their title oftentimes what they're responsible for. So I would leverage LinkedIn to see, you know, I would do a search by title, by company, and maybe even location to find uh, people higher up. And I would say, you know, try to be the best you can. Try to find people that are higher up in the company than as opposed to someone at the same level. And I say that because someone at the same level might see you as a threat, that, you know, you could be after their job, and they might not be as willing to help you. So try to go higher up, ideally find the hiring manager, because good managers will always have people at the ready, ready to hire because, you know, people move on and people get fired and all sorts of things could happen. So to be on the radar of a hiring manager, even if they're not hiring now, is going to be very valuable for you. What would you do, Jerome? I think I would probably do the same, the same exact thing. You know, find people like you're saying that who potentially could have the power to hire you when the time comes. Um, even hire you on the spot if you should be so lucky, right? Um, yep. <laughs> yep. So, so uh, I, I would definitely um, 
do that. I would, and again, I would leverage, like you said, I'd leverage LinkedIn. I'd also look at the company websites um, and see if you can find um, people, you know, if it's somebody at a, a particular level, um, you know, to look at, at the company website to see if you could find um, a potential contact there. Um, yeah, uh, I think it's it's important to um, to really seek the right people to have this conversation with, and to use tools like LinkedIn um, and other other resources to know a little bit about them as you're reaching out to, uh, so that uh, so that they're more likely to have the conversation. So I think the the most critical piece of all of this is to do your homework well before you're requesting the interview. Uh, well, well before you uh, reach out, so that you you have a good sense of who who you might reach out to, um, and how and how to approach them. Um, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot more we could say, but um, in the sake of time, I definitely want to you know move down our agenda here. Right. Right. Um, so, in terms of of how we would bring this meeting about. I want to talk about that a little bit because there are a number of ways that we could connect with people. Um, certainly an email to someone could work. It could. If they don't know you, they might be a little more reluctant. So how do we leverage and broker a an introduction, if you will, from our own network? <clears throat> And this this might be just going back into LinkedIn to say, okay, who's in my network? Because if you have 500-plus people, you're probably not going to remember everybody. And so with your focus of industry and companies perhaps, you could tap into your network and ask someone two things. One, you know, will you do the introduction, which is a little risky because um, their priorities aren't the same as yours. So it might not happen as fast as you think it would or would hope. Um, or you can say, is it okay if I use your name? So-and-so suggested I reach out to you. That can work right. well. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, having, yeah, I think having a referral uh, is, the, is the best way. And, it, and ultimately, uh, what works great is if, if that person can do the email introduction as you suggested, um, that's perfect. If not, uh, you know, and you reach out. Yeah. And I think that email is probably the best way to first make this connection. Um, and I think your suggestion that you don't want it to be a cold email um, is very, you know, very spot on. But there might be times when you have to. You know, you, you don't find somebody that you uh, know in common who can make that introduction. And so you're writing that email to somebody who hasn't Maybe you've just found them on LinkedIn, and and so, but I think email is important, a, a good way, because it's not so invasive. You know, trying to get someone on the phone um, is is probably a little bit difficult. A LinkedIn message is great. Now, of course, if you're a premium member for LinkedIn, you can use the in message feature, um, and do it that way to send them a direct email. Um, keeping in mind that some people have that blocked and don't aren't able to get the in mail, um, so you have to sort of. You know that's going to be, you're going to be taking some chances there, um, but you know also with LinkedIn, look to see if they're in a, a particular maybe they're a member of a, a group that you're involved in on LinkedIn. Uh, so really try to find that common thread uh, so that you can uh, make this introduction of yourself or or request the the email or request the information no in, interview in a way that's really uh, that's come sort of about naturally. Um, organically, that's my favorite word. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it is uh, good. Yeah, and if you make a phone call, you know, maybe you do make a phone call. Just be prepared um, that the person uh, that you're speaking with may say, uh, you know, I have time right now. Now is a good time. So be prepared just to sort of jump into the interview, the informational interview at that time if that comes up. Um, yep. You know, good I doubt that you're going to be point. making phone calls, but but it could be that somebody. You know, I've had situations where um, I reached out to somebody in my network for a client of mine for an informational interview, and um, you know, the the one person in particular said, "Hey, just give give her my cell phone number, have her send me a text, or give me a call." 
to coordinate something. And so she needed to be prepared because this gentleman might answer the phone and say, I have time right now. This is the best time, and I don't see time in the future when it's going to happen. You caught me at the best time. And so, uh, you know, there is that potential. Um, No doubt. And just a tidbit on the email, I think it's important what your subject line is. If you if, if 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 you had someone in your network that suggested this person, you know, say in in your subject line, Jerome sent me, or you know, use the name of the person, perhaps, right, in that right. subject line. Yet, no subject lines are are absolutely perfect, but I think it's important when people use that to prioritize the opening, uh, uh, you know, of an email. So, just a tidbit. Right. There. And- yeah, and, and in terms of cracking the email, you know, we we spoke at the beginning of this this conversation about mm-hmm. how nervous people are around the term interview. And so you might not even say, I'm requesting an informational interview, again, because people might not know what that means. So I think you can just craft the email in such a way that you say, um, you know, I've been, re- you know, so-and-so mentioned you, and I've been reviewing your LinkedIn profile, and you seem like somebody I could learn a lot from. I'm, I'm in the process of making some career choices myself, and I would just love to have 20 minutes to speak with you and ask some advice, you know, maybe get some advice, pick your brain a bit. Um, So, you know, you don't even have to use the term informational interview, and I would suggest maybe you don't, you know, um, just uh, let them know that there's somebody you um, admire, you've looked at their, their LinkedIn profile, and you're wanting to have some advice. And I think what you'll find is that people are really, really open to this sort of conversation because pe- people generally like to help one another, and who doesn't like to talk about themselves, right? So I think if you, you know, you, you will find for sure that people will be open to it. Um, I would also suggest that you get on Google and do a search on informational interviewing, and you will find some great samples of emails. Um, so if you're stuck about how to write that, take a look and see what you know what's out there because there's some really great suggestions about how to do that yep and one thing that i would mention too perhaps in that initial notification if you are currently employed you can say i'm currently employed but i'm searching and looking if you're not employed don't say that certainly don't leave right (laughs) right but you don't have to just be vague and you know let it go where it's going to go Right, right. Because if, if they know that out of the gate, they're going to like, oh, they're looking for a job. And, right. And that's one of the quickest ways you can turn someone off is to say, hey, I'm looking for a job. Do you have one? Can you help me? You know, right. not that they don't want to help, but this, you know, time. They just don't have the time to do it or or maybe they just don't have the interest to help. Well, and you, but, and you used the word desperation uh, earlier in the call in this mm-hmm. conversation. And I think it's kind of interesting because when I've worked with my clients about job interviews and this type of conversation, I always liken it to a, a blind date. And I always say desperate is never attractive, you know, <laughs> on a blind date or, you know what I mean? So, so yeah. try to, you know, yeah. So don't, don't, yeah. Don't, don't do desperate. Uh, and sometimes I think uh, what's interesting too is, um, if there's something that you can bring to the table or some some way that makes you interesting as well, uh, you might mention that, you know, uh, just, you know, just sort of so that you're not always seeking to get something from other people, but you have something to offer as well. That may not always be the easiest thing to think about or to, to come up with in these cases. Um, but, you know, if you've built a really solid network yourself, you might say, you know, I would love to speak with you, and you know, and if I can ever introduce you to anyone in my network, please let me know, um, so right. that you're sort That's of really offering point. to help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and mutually beneficial might be a term that could be used. You could incorporate right. that in your wordsmithing, right? But I think it's a really important piece. And 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 one thing I'll say is, you know, to to craft this introductory email message, you might want to share with your contact if they are going to introduce you. They don't have to use every word, but at least give them a framework to work within because that could help make this happen faster because if they're like, oh, I don't know what to say about Jerome, you know, what, you know, what, is, what is he looking for? And 
you know, no one can position you as well as you. So take that information that you know about yourself, create this message that you can use in a number of different ways. Um, but especially for someone who says, oh, yeah, I'm happy to introduce you to so-and-so, that's great. Provide them with some verbiage to help move that process along. Right. Great suggestion. So let's talk a little bit about the actual conversation. And we touched earlier on a few things, uh, you know, the purposes and sort of the types of information you're, you're going to want to seek. But I think there might be some um, other things to mention, um, uh, you know, to, to, to think about um, that you would gain from, from this conversation. And I think one of those is uh, just it's an opportunity maybe to learn about alternative career paths that you haven't considered. Uh, so maybe you're speaking with somebody um, who's in in marketing and, uh, you know, they mentioned a particular facet of marketing that's upcoming or or something that you haven't really considered. And maybe uh, in the conversation, uh, they think you're particularly um, qualified for that or it's something that they're interested in. Um, you know, so that's one of the things. It's also um, a great time to... Uh, really assess your own skills and how they align with the types of roles you're looking for. You know, you find, you might ask them, you know, about what what the current trends are in terms of skill set that, that people who are successful in the role should have. And you can, can sort of do the mental uh, assessment at that moment and say, okay, you know, digital marketing is really, really important now. Um, maybe I need to take a class to learn more about digital marketing. Um, so, uh, you know, take this as an opportunity to, to gather as much information, to get some insider knowledge about the industry. Uh, you know, if you use this time wisely, it will be so beneficial. That's why we're suggesting you do it, you know, it's so that you're not going into any um, career path blindly or making assumptions about what the what the career might be, you know, you might really think that you want to work in advertising and you sit down with somebody who's speaking, you know, that you, you're talking with and, and you ask them to describe their typical day and it's not anything like you imagined, you know, so you might find that you're on the wrong track and that's okay too. Um, that's the purpose of this, these conversations. It's to really learn more about uh, what you're seeking and, and what makes sense. What are your Absolutely. thoughts on that, Judson? <clears throat> well, no doubt, um, you know, because very few people have a, a good working knowledge of all different career paths. You know, this is a wonderful way to learn and gain some insight into what it would be like on a day-to-day -day basis to work in this industry or sector or the specific title. <clears throat> and without it, you know, you, you might go into something and get into a job and, you know, three months later you're thinking, gosh, what have I done? <laughs> I don't want to be in this. And then you got to start all over again. So <clears throat> I think part of it is really the preparation uh, and learning about what's out there and, and what it really involves. Right. And this, and you know, this doesn't necessarily have to be, as I mentioned earlier, you don't have to be a job seeker to necessarily do this. You might be planting seeds or thinking about your future. You're happy now, but you know, what's the next step for you? Start connecting with people in that next step or two or three ahead so you, you have a network built and you have a good feel right. for what will be involved. Yeah, and to that sort of, to that, uh, you know, on that sort of train of thought too, maybe you're working, you know, in a, in a job that you like, but you really want to move out of that company and there's a particular company you're targeting. So maybe, you know, you're speaking with somebody who works at Apple and you want to really know about the culture there. Uh, that it's a great opportunity to, to learn more about the corporate culture of a company that you're hoping to work work for. Um, and you might find too that it's not a cultural fit. You know, I think we all think you know Google, Yahoo, Apple, Facebook. You know, there are all these kind of uh, companies that have you know, been around and they seem like they'd be really, really great places to work. And, and there are lots of, of ways to find out about that. Um, but having an opportunity to speak with somebody who actually works there is great. And you might find out that what you had assumed was true about a company isn't exactly the, the reality. So, um, you know, it's, 
you don't know until you've actually had an opportunity to, to have that conversation with somebody. It's really valuable. And you also get a sense of the, um, the industry. You know, what are the current trends and what are the future expectations in that, that industry? Perhaps you're really looking at a, a career path that's going to end up being a dead end because things are changing and, and they're sort of phasing out a particular role that you thought was sort of going to be what you wanted to do. Hopefully that's not the case, um, but that can happen, you know? No doubt. And I think that <laughs> leads into the questions, right? I yeah, mean, the, absolutely. Yeah, these for sure. good questions you could ask, there are many, of course, but one is, you know, where do you see the industry going? Um, is it evolving? Is it, you know, is it going away? Is it being replaced by something? I think those questions are going to be very, very important um, in, in moving forward one way or the other. And I, and I would also ask, you know, there's, I, I've said often that the key, you know, there's two key components to either a job search or just career advancement, and that's people and information. Those two things are really at the center of almost everything you would do. So one of the questions you might ask in an informational conversation is what what particular industry rags or publications do you subscribe to? Do you think that might be helpful for me in terms of keeping up with what's happening in the industry, who the people are, who the players are, and, and, and where is it going? And then subscribe to it. And you don't always have to subscribe. You could just go to a website uh, and get some information. You can always go to a professional association and sign up for their newsletters to keep in touch with what's happening in that industry or sector as well. But information is key. You know, the only thing more important than information, I think, are, are people. But their information is a close second. Absolutely. And I think um, it's really important to, uh, for people to read. Um, you know, I don't know that people have that habit of reading as much as they should. Um, and I think it's sort of what you're touching on. Um, if you're not a reader, build the, you know, build that habit of reading. And we're talking about informational interviewing as a potential way of getting uh, in touch with somebody who could be a, a mentor for you. And so if you're meeting with somebody that you admire, you know, I would ask them, what's the book on your book your bedside table right now? What's on your, your um, what are you reading, you know? Uh, what's the best book you've read this year that relates to being successful? Uh, and reading is such a great way of sort of, um, you know, getting information, uh, more information than you ever thought was available just because you take the time to read. And, and I had a teacher who once said, if you read 10 minutes a day, just 10 minutes a day, you, you would learn so much and you would read so many books. Um, and so I, I challenge listeners to do that. Um, so um, speaking of questions, uh, you know, asking the, the, per the person you're speaking with about what advice they would give you to be successful in the industry, ask them how they got into the industry. Um, and then the key question, at the end of the conversation, you've had a great time talking with them, always ask. And this question is sort of my go-to for everything. Who do you know who, right? Who else do you think I should talk to? Who would you recommend that I speak with to get additional information? Do you know anybody who would be willing to speak with me? This has been great. I've learned so much. Who else might I learn from? Will you make an email introduction? That always seems to be one of the key questions you ask because this is really about building your network. And uh, we're all six degrees of separation from everybody else. And so tap into this person's network by asking them who else they can Yeah. Yep. No, I think that's great advice. <clears throat> and I guess, you know, just a little tidbit on the actual question itself. There's two ways you could ask it. One will probably get you different result, maybe a better result. But if you ask someone, you know, do you know anyone that I should talk to? Um, it's easy to say no to that. But if you said, right. who do you know that I should speak to? It might right. You know, gave me some additional insight. It kind of forces the the point of getting them to think of, okay, who do I know? As opposed to saying, right. oh, I don't know anybody. And of course they probably do, but it's an easy out. So right. be mindful of how you craft your questions, open-ended versus closed. 
That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yes, no questions never are, are, are beneficial. So no, they're not. They can answer with a yes or a no. Don't ask it. Reframe it, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. Very um, important. So let's talk a little like bit about... Said, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. no. I, you had a thought. I think you were, had something else to, to mention about this. Um, it was a reiteration of what I had said earlier about, you know, the the, the questions that you ask are, are going to be very important to the outcome, you know, to the answers you get and the insights. So just be mindful of the questions you ask and how you ask them and the words you use because words matter. Yeah. And, of course, preparing. That's, yeah. that's the most important thing, right? If you don't think that this is a conversation you can wing, um, that would be the worst possible scenario. If you're not prepared and you're taking somebody's time and it's not a fruitful conversation for you or for them, you know, you've just sort of wasted somebody's time and that's not the best impression. So please, please, please be prepared. Um, which kind of leads right into etiquette, right? You know, what, how do you manage these, these uh, kinds of conversations so that you're, putting your best foot forward. That's what etiquette is all about, right? Etiquette is, we sometimes think when we hear the word etiquette that it's stuffy rules for how someone behaves. Uh, etiquette is really about putting people at ease, putting yourself at ease, making things simple and polite and gracious. So that's what it's about. You know, it's really honoring one another. That's why we why we practice, you know, proper etiquette. So you want to make so sure do you have an example of, of etiquette as it relates to if we were able to meet in person, for example? Um, sure. What yeah. advice you would so give? I, yeah. So I, I think if you're meeting in person, uh, the most important thing is your, I would say first would be, you know, your personal appearance. Make sure you're showered and dressed appropriately. You know, you might be meeting this person in their office and then you're going to walk to a coffee shop. So, you know, I don't think you need to suit up, but you know, you probably don't want to show up in holy jeans and flip-flops, right? So showing <laughs> that you've taken the time, <laughs> taking the time to look your best. Um, so dress appropriately. Arrive on time. You know, don't, you know, you're asking somebody potentially for, for time from their lunch break or even time from their, their day. So arrive on time. Uh, stick to the allotted time frame. If you said you're going to, to speak for 20 to 30 minutes, make sure you're keeping track of the time. And at the end of 20 minutes, say, thank you very much. That's the time I asked for. And and if they suggest, oh, I have a, a few more minutes, say, no, uh, thank you very much. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to impose on your time. But, I, you know, if you if we could talk a few more minutes, I would love that, you know. But yep. don't, you know, don't overstay your welcome. Um, good good point. I, I do have a suggestion, too, on the allotted sure. time. Assuming that there's an understanding that you're going to speak 20 to 30 minutes, when you, when you first start the conversation, whether it be in person or otherwise, just, just reiterate that expectation. And I say that because if you only have 30 minutes and you start asking questions about them and their career, 25 minutes has gone past and they're still talking about themselves, you, you missed an opportunity. So you want to kind of manage that and make sure that you're you know, staying on track in terms of time together. Right. Right. And I think I, and, and if you listen to this podcast um, and pay attention to how Judson and I do things, we keep each other on track, right? And so there's a polite way of saying – and I ask you something else. Oh, that's been great. Let, uh, you know, in the interest of time, can we move on to another question? I have a few things I want to learn about, and I don't want to take more of your time than I said I would take, right? And so yeah. be polite and move it, you know, gently move the conversation because you might meet somebody who's like me, who's a talker, right? And likes mm -hmm. to kind of go on and on and on and on about the same thing. Um, and so... Uh, With that said, <laughs> let's move on to our next point, John. <laughs> Say. <laughs> um, but, you know, the one thing I will say, too, about these points that we've raised so far, to dress appropriately, appropriately be on time, um, these are things that you would want to do regardless of, of venue, if you will. Even if you're on Zoom, or uh, you know, you definitely want to make that appearance, that first impression matters a lot. Certainly be on time for the call, be a few minutes early, that sort of thing. 
<clears throat> very important um, regardless of in-person or virtual. And of course, as much as possible, you want this to be a face-to-face, in-person meeting. Of course, um, in today's uh, current environment uh, with the coronavirus outbreak, that's not possible. So you're going to use video conferencing or phone phone calls and things like that, um, and that's okay. Um, but you know, face-to-face is the best. And as Justin say, you know, be mindful of of um, your appearance, and if you're doing a, a a FaceTime call or a Zoom call, and they're going to be able to see the room you're sitting in. Make sure that whatever's in the background is appropriate. You know, if you're in your dining room and there's a shot into your kitchen, probably don't want a sink full of dishes, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it, it seems silly to mention these things, but you know, I'm a, a firm believer in this: the thought that how you do one thing is how you do everything, right? So your right. that's why your personal appearance matters. You know, if you don't have your hair combed. And they think, oh, this person doesn't have attention to detail. You know, I, I remember, this is sort of an aside, but someone once told me that um, if you go on a job interview, or maybe this type of interview too, and, and it's a lunch interview, don't salt your food before you taste it. And um, and I thought, why? What does that, you know, what does that imply? And then I thought, well, if you salt your food before you taste it, you don't look like you're a problem solver. Right, you didn't gather information. Maybe it's already salty enough. Right, so taste it. For, and, yeah. and it just the so it seems silly, but little things, the littlest things are important in making an impression. So just be mindful of all of it. Not to the point where you're nervous, of course. Um, but yeah, look into some things about etiquette. Um, yep. And you know, one other thing I will add on the appearance side, as far as what you <clears throat> the dress uh, that you have for these. In in the Zoom, it's going to be far more evident what you're wearing. But if if you are if you arranged for a phone connection, I would still encourage you to dress up and 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 look professional because when you look professional, you feel professional, mm-hmm. and it can come across in terms of your confidence that you may have. You know, I mean, even down to the shoes. Put your shoes on, even if you're in the house. But right. you know, just to to look and feel the role can help you with that confidence in moving forward with that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important. Um, Perhaps just a couple of other things sort of in in, uh, terms of etiquette and um, uh, all of these things, you know, um, let them lead, let that, the person you're speaking with lead any sort of discussion in terms of job and resume, things like that. Don't push for that. Don't say, oh, I brought my resume. Would you take a look at it? Um, that seems a little bit too much like you're looking for a job. So let them sort of um, lead the way with that. Or maybe you at the very end of the conversation say, um, you know, thank you so much. It's been great. Would you mind if I sent you my resume just for a quick look at it to see if I'm on the right track in terms of how I'm presenting myself? Um, mm-hmm. And if they say, oh, I just don't have time, um, then uh, that's fine, um, but that's you know don't don't lead with that. Uh, be prepared with your resume in case they ask for it, um, but don't lead with that. Uh, um, I think that can can send the wrong message. Um, so let me ask your opinion on on something, if I may, sure. Jerome. Sure, of course. Before you go into a, a company, for example, for this type of conversation, look at their job postings. And if you saw a particular job that you thought was a good fit for you, would you see it as appropriate to bring that up in this informational conversation? I would say maybe at the very end of the conversation. I wouldn't lead with that because that seems like right. I'm trying to turn this into a job interview, which it's not. Yeah. Uh, I think I think at the end of the conversation you mention it. Oh, and by the way, I happen to see that there's a, a position in for a junior accountant tonight, you know, I'd be really interested in that. Might you know who the hiring manager is for that position? Um, or what can you tell me about the role? Um, I think it's appropriate at the end. Um, yeah. I, and okay. of course, you want to bring that up if it's, you know, if it's there. Absolutely. Yep. Don't miss the opportunity to do that. But don't, yeah, don't lead with it. Don't push for that. Yep. Yeah. That's a great, a great point to think about. 
um, for sure. Okay. So we talked about um, a little bit about the platforms, the venues, if you will. The in-person is always best, but all things considered, not so much an option anymore. So we'll just throw out a couple. You're probably familiar with most, if not all of them, but just, just as a reminder, um, I've been using Zoom a lot lately, as a, I'm sure a lot of people have. There's Skype, there's WebEx, there's Google Hangouts, FaceTime, probably a number of others, but those are some of the main ones. But mm -hmm. you do have options, and, and always shoot for that as opposed to a phone call. Because if you can meet someone face-to-face, -face, even if it's virtual, I think it's better. Yeah. So we do have options. Right. Uh, and I think in terms of the options, you know, say you suggest Zoom and they're not familiar with Zoom, and they suggest another, you know, I don't use Zoom, but I could use Skype, always accommodate them. Don't expect them to accommodate you. And if it's a platform you've never used before, figure out how it works before before the time, right, so that you're not yep. scrambling. Um, and most of these uh, services are pretty uh, pretty user-friendly and pretty intuitive to use. Um, yep. We didn't really talk about what happens. Like, say you reach out to somebody and they, they, you know, you've asked them for 20 minutes of their time and they just don't have time to do it. Um, and that's, that's possible. Um, so if that happens, there are a couple things to do. Um, one is to ask them who else they might know. You know, so they're, oh, I'm really, really busy. I'd love to do this, but I just don't have time. Then you might ask, is there somebody else in your company that might have a little bit more time? Um, and would you introduce me to them? Um, and I think that's um, a, a great way to kind of still have a conversation with somebody at a target company, but maybe not the person you were initially wanting to speak with. And then sometimes, um, I, this has happened to a few of my clients. It's kind of a rare situation where it's like, I don't really have time to have a conversation with you, but if you'd email me a few questions, I'd be ha happy to answer them. And so then you can send them um, an email with some questions that they would write out answers to. Um, I wouldn't ever suggest that as an option because you're asking for a lot of time in some cases, uh, because sometimes that's a little bit more difficult to do. But I have had situations like I said, a couple of clients where that was the best way they could get information and the person they reached out to actually suggested that. So if that happens, be open to it. Uh, and then I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't inundate them with seven questions. I would take maybe two or three of the best questions and ask them those things. Um, and then maybe ask if, you know, if they give those answers, maybe you could follow up with a couple more questions. Um, if they have right. time. So along those lines, perhaps to preface the meeting itself, you could send a couple of questions. Here's some of the. Here's a couple of questions that I'll be asking you, just so that they can think about their answers, um, as opposed to just you know off the cuff. Yeah, that's brilliant because people aren't so good off the cuff, right? Right. Right. Yeah, that's brilliant. So. Mm -hmm. But but to your point, don't overwhelm me. Here's the 37 questions I'm going to be asking you, right? <clears throat> Here, you know, but just a few. Just a, you know, I think it, it's a good thing. It's a good way to prepare for the conversation for both of you. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Yeah, great idea. Well, I, I I know that we're running out of time here, Jerome. Um, so any any final thoughts in terms of following up, keeping in touch with people? Yeah, so um, just a few things. Um, I think, you know, after you've met with this person, uh, hopefully in person, you've got their business card, uh, or, you know, maybe you've done it virtually, send them a handwritten thank you note in one to two days following the, the conversation. Email is great. Email is always nice because it's immediate. And you might even send a, a quick email that says thanks for your time today. You know, it was really beneficial. But I think a handwritten note is always a really, really nice touch and something tasteful. If you have a calling card, maybe you put your calling card in the uh, um, or a business card, whatever, uh, in, in the um, card along, you know, with, of course, the message you've handwritten. Um, make sure you take the time to write it. If you, you know, uh, if you have bad handwriting, do your best to make it legible. Uh, but I just think a handwritten a handwritten note is just we don't get enough mail anymore. 
and and it's such a nice touch. So I would suggest you do that. Um, yep. So a question then, for you then. You mentioned putting in the calling card. Um, what do you think about if you're currently employed, putting your current employer business card in that? I think it really, really depends on the situation. Um, I sometimes think it's bad form to use the business card of my current employer to seek another job. Um, yeah. And so I would be really careful about doing that. I would go to the the time, you know, go through the time and the expense of designing and, and having a calling card made with your contact information. And to that end, use personal email rather than business email to request these kinds of conversations. Um, I think it's a yeah. really, really rare case in which you would feel comfortable using your your current employer's email business card. I think the only reason you would ever do that is if you knew that your um, your position was being eliminated or the company is, is, you know, maybe closing or some, you know, some, some situation where that's not going to be seen as bad form. But even in those cases, you know, maybe, maybe the person who you're speaking with isn't aware of those things. Um, I always find it really interesting. You know, I'm a resume writer and when I get emails from um, people on their work email, my first question is, do you have a personal email that we can use to, to communicate um, just to sort of protect them because yeah. it's, yeah, yeah. Um, Follow-up is key. Um, as we're saying, you know, the handwritten thank you note. Um, uh, report, if they gave you particular advice, make sure you report back on that advice. If they introduced you to a referral, um, you know, after you had the meeting with that person they referred you to, Drop them a line via email and say, you know, thank you so much for introducing me to Judson. We we had coffee yesterday and it was really, really beneficial. And I just want to let you know how much I appreciate that introduction and because it's made a difference in how how I'm moving forward in this career search. Yeah. And I give that advice often too. It's, you know, you don't want to leave someone hanging thinking, gee, I wonder whatever happened with that introduction that I gave. I think right. it's, it's very appropriate, very relevant, and, and, and courteous um, to do right. that. It's, it's respectful. So I think that you could do that um, as well. Yeah, and it's a great way to kind of continue the, co- the connection, you know. Uh, again, this is about building your network and building relationships. And so if you have a, a conversation with somebody and it's, you know, really um, it was enlightening and, and fun, um, keep in touch with them. I mean, that's how you and I uh, have worked together. Judson, we met yep. years ago, but sort of stayed on each other's radar and reached out when it was appropriate. And, and you know, um, these lifelong connections are really critical. So um, that's what it's about. Um, and and also it makes people feel good, you know, that, oh, you know, they just didn't come to me in their time of need. Uh, you know, I was just a stepping stone. Right? No one wants to feel that way. Nope, absolutely. So it it really is important that we nurture our network along the way. And, and, you know, that takes time. Uh, It really does and takes commitment to those relationships. And, you know, as you think about your career, is there a particular industry that you want to make sure is strong and you continue to bolster? You know, you can be intentional about these steps that you take right for the advancement of your own career so right. and and you know the, the my my closing thought on this would be and you said it earlier you know make sure that you are able to be in a position to offer them something and if you're unemployed you still have things to offer and in this case it might be your network but always make the ask how can i help you you know, mm-hmm. make sure you do that. That that just goes so long. And sometimes people will say, well, you know, I can't think of anything right now, but thank you. And people will note the ask. They will remember right. that. <clears throat> and do mean it. If there's anything that you saw or right. heard in this conversation, even if they didn't bring it up, you know, if they were talking about, you know, events and they, you know, how they're looking to network more, for example, you know, maybe because of what you know and, and, and the events that you attend, 
Maybe you know of something, then you could send that person a follow-up email with a link. Hey, here's an event that's coming up. Maybe I'll see you there. But just listen for the needs because people will oftentimes reveal what they want or need. And if you can do something without being asked, that, that just says a lot about you. Yeah. And just one more thought on that, too. Pay it forward. And what I mean by that is after you've arrived and you're now in the position that you, a leadership position that you worked really hard to get to and people along the way helped you and gave you advice, when that junior employee or somebody who's looking to break into the industry contacts you, this type of conversation. I hope you'll remember those people who were kind to you and gave you advice and that you'll be the same kind of person, Um, you know, because uh, it's just such a great gift that you're giving somebody, that gift of your time and your knowledge when they're seeking that. So try to keep that in mind. (laughs) You know, as I say, remember the little people, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) When you're rich and famous, right? Absolutely. Okay. Well, I think that we had a really good conversation today, Jerome. We covered a lot of ground here, and hopefully you all are taking notes out there. And what we always strive for is is practical application. You know, we we throw out some good theories and everything, but we want to make sure that, you know, the things that we are sharing with you are doable. And so with that said, I hope that you found some, some nuggets that are doable for you and will help you advance in your career or find the job that you're looking for. Great. As it relates to our next podcast, um, we are topically going down the road of negotiation. And Jerome, you had mentioned a term that was more inclusive or more comprehensive, I should say, than right. so just negotiation. Yeah. Total compensation is actually the human resources um, term for that. Um, and I think that will be two podcasts away because the next podcast will be talking about job interviews, correct? Yes, that is right. Thank you for correcting me on that. Yeah, no, that's okay. No, it's okay. But yep. it, so now you know where we're headed, right? So yes. it seems yes. to make sense after informational interviewing to talk about a job interview. So um, we'll be talking about that in the next podcast at least. That topic may be big enough that we'll need to have a couple of, of conversations about it. We'll just see as we're preparing um, our our notes for that. Uh, but so you can expect us to speak uh, next about job interviewing and then salary negotiation, total compensation, how to negotiate a pay increase, and uh, those t- those types of things. So um, as always, we, we're really thrilled that you're listening to us. If you ever have additional questions for us or you want to um, suggest a topic or let us know how we're doing, please uh, send us an email at uplevelcareers at gmail.com. That's uplevelcareers with an S at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach out to us there and uh, tell us how we're doing and offer suggestions. You can find this podcast on in the iTunes um, store, on Google, uh, the Google Play Store, which I think is Google Music. Um, we're also on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. We're on a number of different um, uh, platforms. If you use iTunes or Google, please go in and review the podcast. Uh, that helps other listeners find us. It, um, and so that's really great, and it gives us some valuable feedback. Please be sure to tell other people about our podcast, especially if you're finding that this information is of value and of service to you. Um, we would certainly love to hear from you. If you want to reach me directly, um, my website is www.theresumeshopinc.com. Um, Inc. is I-N-K, so theresumeshopinc.com. You can also email me at resumeshopinc at gmail.com. Judson, please share your information with our listeners. Thank you, Jerome. My website is careerpathstrategies.com. And the email address for me directly is judson at careerpathstrategies.com. And again, we do welcome your feedback. We want your input in terms of what makes this relevant and valuable for you. Our goal is to really help you from a career perspective to move forward and up if that is your goal. So we appreciate you being here with us today. We look forward to having you with us next time as we talk about interviews, and we will tailor that to the times 
meaning Zoom interviews, phone interviews, and, and what we can do to better prepare for those types of interviews. Thank you all for joining us today. We appreciate you being with us. And stay safe, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.